Welcome to the On The Ball podcast, where we have curious conversation about life, career, spirituality, and anything in between. My name is Anika Toth, civil engineer turned world traveler, public speaker, trainer, and Toastmasters champion. My goal is to bring you inspirational topics and people that can help you find your definition of success. When you are ready, it is time to be On The Ball. first week of the podcast, I will be sharing one episode every second workday, and then I will deliver you a message every second week. It will be truly inspiring for you and probably for many people you know, so please share the link of the podcast with them. Also, a quick reminder, hit the subscribe and love buttons to get notified about the upcoming episodes. I'm happy to have an incredible woman as my guest. For close to two decades, Suzanne Leroy has worked internationally with C-suite and senior level leaders. She's a Forbes and senior magazine contributor, a member of the Forbes Council, a keynote and TEDx speaker, facilitator and program designer. Suzanne is the author of I Want to Win, Coaching Skills for Creative Leadership, co-author of Together Executive Team Development Program, She's also the co-author of Unleashed Leader as a Coach, which has been adopted by organizations like GE, American Express, Eastman Chemical, and countless other organizations. Susan is the go-to person to turn to with any leadership questions. She believes that today's leaders will not merely lead our organizations, they shape our world to be a better place. This episode is about how to live your strongest year ever in 2021. You should stick with us today if you would like to grow and develop to be your best self in this upcoming year. We are going to talk about that one key element, that one key ingredient that is essential part of a strong year where you can live your very best self. We can all learn a lot from this inspirational woman and I'm truly looking forward to our chat. Let me welcome Susan Biro. If you would like to learn more about her incredible work and read some of her informative and motivating blog posts, go to her website, susanbiro.com. So, susanbiro.com. I also suggest you watch Susan's TED talk that we mentioned before, where she shares some interesting insights of her life and how she has learned from all her experiences. You can find all these links in the podcast description. I would like to welcome you for the podcast and I'm truly inspired by you and what you have achieved and I'm so thankful that you have accepted my invitation. Whenever I I read your intro and I was like, oh my God, this woman, like from the first sentence on that you just love what you do and you are so grateful for what you are doing. I said, I need to have this incredible woman on my podcast. So thank you so much for waking up early, rescheduling everything, going back and forth so that we can make this happen. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. So my very first question to you, we have had a a short chat before and you said so many incredible things, but even before when I saw your 
website and I saw your motto that says, tell the truth and change the world. It just spoke to me. And I think it can speak to so many of us. So how did you choose this motto and why is it so important for you? Well, uh, thanks for the question because it came from, uh, you know, in order to do the work that I do, I have invested heavily in my own development and it came from me attending a session with a colleague once where uh, we were asked to, uh, in six words, define our legacy. And so it became, uh, you know, what, what do I actually really want to, what's my dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs sort of uh, prompted each of us. And mine was, I, I uh, worked on it quite a bit to get it down to, you know, it's very hard to get it down to six words, tell the truth, change the world. Because I think we talk a lot about in leadership, um, about authenticity um, and the power of it. Uh, but I don't always think we understand what that means. And but it's so powerful. I mean, the, the most attractive and powerful thing that we can do is become ourselves. And we see people who become themselves and sort of lead from the inside out um, are uh, become great leaders. They're so fully themselves. And so I think tell the truth, change the world is tell my own truth. Like, who am I really? Um, to the extent that I allow myself to be myself, um, I liberate other people to do the same. And then we all get to be the very best version of ourselves instead of trying to become something that we think we should be or who our parents wanted to, us to be or who society told us we should be if we were to be valuable. Um, and on this, I actually saw a, a post recently, like last week, uh, Ellen Page, she's a, 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 an actress. I think she won a, mm -hmm. uh, or she was nominated for an, uh, an Oscar for Juno. Um, and she just came out as, I think it's transgender. I hope I don't get that wrong. Um, but I just thought there, there's, a, there's an example, gosh, please become yourself. Now you've just allowed everyone else. And she said something to the extent that, you know, I finally learned how to love myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what we all need to do. And when you do that, you liberate everyone else to do that as well. So it's some way that, um, can we just allow ourselves to be ourselves and to do the work we want to do? And when we do that, we fundamentally change the world for the better. That's definitely true. This is what I loved in Ashta as well, like the person who connected us and my previous podcast guest. Her answer to her greatest achievement was that she discovered herself. Yes. And when I heard it, I was like, this is the answer. That is one of the greatest achievements that we can have to know ourselves. And as our topic for today is to talk about our strongest year in 2021, and we just jumped right into our topic. So you've wrote a blog post a few years ago about unbecoming. And I think one of the most crucial parts of having a strong year is to be ourselves and not to set goals that we are not truly aligned with. Is this what you mean by unbecoming? And how can we make sure that what we do in this upcoming year, we are truly ourselves? Yeah. Um, so when I talked about unbecoming, it was a, a post that I wrote for Forbes. And I think it is, it was just this recognition that um, all of us since we can be higher and lesser versions of ourselves. I mean, I can be, uh, and, and I think what we most care about 
really, because we, we never escape ourselves. I mean, we wake up with ourselves and we know when we're quietly proud of who we've become and how we've handled ourselves or a situation. And uh, we also know when we're kind of ashamed of, of ourselves or embarrassed mm -hmm. that we weren't a better version or we couldn't be a better version of ourselves. Um, and we're always striving to become better. So I think there's just the recognition we can all be very unbecoming version of ourselves, meaning, you know, in the article I mentioned, you know, uh, I was, uh, I was uh, interacting with my kids and it was a spring break and uh, they kept uh, asking me questions and I was trying to do, do some work. And, and I, you know, I actually uh, said to them at one point, shut up. I mean, I use that language. I'm so embarrassed even as I say it because it is not how I speak to my children or how I would speak to anybody. Mm -hmm. But it was a way that I was such a lesser version of the person and the mother that I seek to be. And as soon as I said it, I just, I felt ashamed. And so I apologized immediately to my children. I said, I'm so sorry that I, I, what I wanted to do was say, I need to get some work done. Can you go play over there? Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't feel empowered to do that. And so I tried, you know, tried to make it right. Um, but I just felt ashamed and I'm even embarrassed to this day. But I think that's good because I don't know that we can live where we're not perfect beings, any of us in any fashion. And to the extent that we can be okay with, there's a lesser version of me and there's a higher version of me. And I strive to live the higher version of me in all I do. Mm -hmm. And I forgive myself when I can't. And I make amends and I say, I'm sorry when I fall short because we will fall short. I mean, there, mm -hmm. you know, even now, as we look toward 2021, it's, we're still in a really demanding time. This has hit so many, you know, this uh, 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 virus has hit so many of us mm -hmm. in so many Very different true. fundamental ways. So we might be a little bit easy with ourselves because we won't be the best and highest version of ourselves under such extreme pressure and with so many demands. Um, and so we can be graceful with ourselves, uh, graceful with others, but continue to strive how can we become the best version of ourselves despite mm -hmm. these challenging times? And so I think that we, we all feel that call and I believe it's exciting and that's our job to live up to our own highest version. Mm -hmm. that's then we find contentment. Yeah, I personally had a lot of struggle with growing up in Eastern Europe and this idea of perfectionism that I have to live up and be perfect. And it was a lot of self-discovery that I realized that there is no perfection. I can strive to be better. There are going to be better and harder days. But until I grow, until I develop myself and always seek to be the better version of me, that will lead me to almost perfect, but never going to be perfect. And it's really hard to recognize that. So how would you suggest to overcome this? idea of unbecoming and when we start to have the struggles the doubt and tell ourselves all these ideas that i'm not good enough um i acted horribly in this situation and we just get spiraled in that idea how to get out of that yeah yeah well uh one is um uh to give ourselves permission we get to be human beings among the rest of the mortals uh, like, why should we be somehow special uh, out of all the human beings on the planet? I mean, it's just, it, um, one is just give ourselves the permission. It's also the most attractive thing about human beings. I mean, we love, uh, you know, the humanity that we see in other people. I mean, I know I went to um, 
uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, um, uh, musicians and is Bob Seeger. And I saw him and I think he was like 72. This is a couple years ago, but he was suffering from quite a head cold. And so he played one of my most favorite songs and they began playing the music and he forgot to sing on uh, on cue. <laughs> and, you know, and then he, he stopped. He said, oh, sorry, sorry, my fault, my fault. And they started the whole thing again. And the crowd, I mean, thousands, 60,000 people, however many were there, we loved it because we don't want, like, I don't need you to be perfect. In fact, when you're perfect, it's so, um, you're unknowable and I can't even really connect to you. And I don't really even get to know who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and it just makes me feel less than. So can't, and I think the, you know, this year has helped all of us because we've been at home and we've, everyone's been sort of struggling with, you know, children walking in and the background of their homes. And it's like, we've had greater humanity this past year mm -hmm. ever. And it's so beautiful. It's like, can we all just like take the mask off and connect with each other? Know that we're all trying to do the very best we can. And, and we've, I think we've had more grace for each other. Um, and it has to start with the grace we give ourselves. Mm -hmm just just like ease up as you head into 2021 these are challenging times they're not going to be solved overnight and in fact the pace of change if we look at what mm -hmm. future are predicting this has only kicked it off i mean more than we could even fathom with technological advancement is coming so hold on get along for the ride have fun along the way we're on this little blue planet spinning together and then we die so it's like just ease up and connect on humor, on humanity, on forgiving ourselves, apologizing where we need to. People are so forgiving. I mean, even you know, me requesting to, to, to change this, you're like, you know, no problem. Mm -hmm. we're, we're happy to help each other out. Um, and so we, it's where we connect. And it's why, you know, if we look at, you know, Brene Brown's work is all about the power of authenticity and vulnerability. And it's, it's she, you know, her work is uh, uh, sort of, traveling the world for a reason you know her book the gifts of imperfection please lose the thing that you have to have it all together i don't know anyone that has it all together if they tell you they have it all together they're lying um and and let them know they're okay they don't need to have it all together we, we can just be humans together do the best you can make amends where you need to uh laugh at it and have fun um because uh, i think it's the only option that's, yeah. that's amazing. I really liked when you said that in this year we could get rid of the mask. I don't know if you have heard about it, but there's this Japanese saying that someone has three masks. Every single person has three masks. One is for the society, one is for the friends and family, and one is for yourself. And we wear all these masks on the top of each other, but we never get rid of them. So I really hope that we had a chance to just put these down in 2020 and start something new in 21. So getting back to that, our strongest year must have some ingredients. And you did write an article back in 2019. So what do you think has changed since then? What changes came with 2020 and how can we build a strong year in 21? Yeah, um, uh, um, great question, because little did we know what was going to happen in, in, in 2020. But I think the article is more relevant than ever. So the main mm -hmm. piece of it is the only place that we ever live is inside of our mind. 
Um, we have an internal environment that we're always responding to in an external environment. The inner environment drives the outer environment and the inner environment is really the only one we really care about. And so if that's the case, and of course it's now magnified with everything that's been occurring, what matters most is the quality of images, the thoughts and the feelings mm -hmm. that we foster within our day-to-day -day life. And so wouldn't we want to foster a really good environment of how we think, how we speak to ourselves, how we make meaning of things, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing's entirely good or bad. Shakespeare said this, but thinking makes it so. <laughs> and so how do you want to begin to train your mind to think? Because the human mind left alone will often tend toward the negative. Wow. It just, it, it will look to what's wrong, what needs fixing, wasn't, wasn't good. And it'll start to find answers. Well, there must be something wrong with me. There must be something yeah. wrong with my job. I must need to change this. Uh, what if nothing needed to change other than the inner environment? And mm. if all you did this year as you live your life was focused on, you know, we talk about this inner critic. All of us mm. have this inner negative voice and certainly that exists. What yes. if we just fostered an inner champion? You know, at some point, I think we need to turn around and go, I think I'm just going to become my own best friend. You know, I think I'm just going to really root for this human being because it's really hard to be human. And here's this person in this body that's probably not one we chose. It doesn't look the way we want it to look. It doesn't function the way we want it to function. It's going to age and it's going to die. And so why don't we just uh, champion this person to say, mm -hmm. go look at you survived 2020. Good for you. And you only packed on 15 pounds. That's a miracle. I mean, good for you. You ate your way through it. Fantastic. <laughs> Lose the weight if you want to or not. It doesn't really matter. But if it's important to you, you'll do that. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we have the inner voice that can champion us, we see so we never berate ourselves in or, uh, enough. We can never berate ourselves to create a great life. I mean, it just it, it, you don't whip a mule um, and then expect that mule to love life. And so why do, why we do that internally? At some point, we need to stop and say, no, I'm done with that. I'm now going to be a voice that encourages me. It says, you know, you, you, you managed to shower this week. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. enough. And, and, and you managed to feed the dog or get out of the house too. Hey, that's another win. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I learned to do this several years ago when I needed to recreate my business from scratch again. Um, and I, I really intentionally decided if I keep thinking the way I'm thinking, I'm going to go down a really bad rabbit hole that's mm -hmm. going to serve nobody. And so I'm going to focus on what's my one or two key wins for the day and then magnify them such that. Oh, that how would you magnify it? In my consciousness, because you can only pay attention to so many things. And so I would look for one win. And at the beginning, it was, you know, I'd reach out to a LinkedIn con connection and they'd accept. And I'd be like, I got my win. I got my win. Or, you know, I, I, you know, I would write one thing or I'd email one person. It's like, there's my win. I got my win. Mm -hmm. And I would just keep going. Uh, on, it doesn't on have to be anything giant or anything too big that this is the only time when I will achieve something. There are the small wins in the day. That's what we should focus on. Yes. And when you get that, you go, good, I got it. And then what happened is I started to notice all these wins. Like, you know, I'd pick up my kids from school and they're safe and they're healthy and they're happy. That's a, that's my massive win every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's 
And then I get, you know, this opportunity that comes in. It's like, are you kidding me? My life is overflowing. And then something else would good. And what I learned, what was really hard is so many good things would happen that I almost couldn't take it in. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need the day to stop. I just I can't <laughs> believe my good fortune. I mean, I just can't believe it. I mean, I got this one thing happened and this person emailed me and then this one, uh, you know, my, my child drew a picture for me. I mean, and then the sun is shining. Are you kidding me? And then you live in an entirely different world, Mm -hmm. a world that's magical. And it's one, it's not that you're naive. I see hunger and all the things that are wrong with the world. I also see all the beauty and all the opportunity. It's like, well, what world do you want to live in? Exactly. you, You know, we foster it when you do this work. I think we have everything we ever care about, which is a wonderful internal world. We then bring that energy to other people. Like we don't need anything from them so we can give. Mm -hmm. And then they invite us around more. It's the, and then other things come. And I was like, I didn't even, wasn't even looking for that. And it just landed in my lap. Definitely. That's where the world, you know, if we want a strong year, it's like nothing needs to change to do that. Just start noticing. Yeah. Start looking for the wins. Are you healthy? Did you have a hot shower? Do you have Mm -hmm. a hot cup of coffee? Are you safe? Do you have anyone in your life that loves you? Wow. Like that's, you got more than almost everyone. Like what more? Like just focus and and expand that in your mind. Yes. Very true. When I was traveling around the world, people did ask me how dare I travel around the world on my own as a 156 centimeter girl who doesn't even know martial arts. So they were like, how? You are traveling to Asia. You are traveling to countries where people wouldn't step in and you are fine. How do you do that? And I'm like, I see the good in people. I always try to see the good in them. And when I see that, they reflect back that to me. Yes. There were days when I had no idea where I'm going to sleep, but every single day when I was struggling, there was someone who came along and said, oh, you are such a nice person. Come stay at my place. Yes. Yes. I was saved so many times, saved, let's put quotes next to that, that it was amazing experience. I was open to it. I believed in people and I believe that they can be good. So yes. they were... And expectations have a way of becoming self-fulfilling. I look for it, I expect it, I approach it, and therefore I co-create that exact thing happening. It also works in reverse. (laughs) It does. And so, but the the, the beauty is, it's, it's, it's entirely within my control because there is no external world. Mm -hmm. I come to you and I behave energetically and specifically in a certain way and the only thing you can respond to is that and then we start doing that and then what we fail to realize often is well i co-created that if i don't like it i can create something different but i love your your energy i mean the universe is nothing other than energy and your energy reaches people before such that they even say hey you come here yes yeah 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 that's where the world is rewarding and magical and nothing really needs to change other than how we want to see it what i find truly unfortunate though is that we tend to live in this external world this outer world where we get all the money all the appreciation the praising everything from the outside and that's where we start to expect everything from 
We want everything from other people. We want them to acknowledge us. We want them to love us for us to live, love ourselves and be okay with ourselves. So how can we switch this around? How can we start living within the inner world instead of the outside one? Yeah, well, you, you've just named it perfectly. Um, and I think we've been talking about how we do it is it has to, it's an inside game. Um, and, and so the work is um, uh, you just start today. And you might not feel it yet, but you, you, you might language it as, you know, I'm curious about this thing called loving myself. And I wonder what's there for me. And I wonder what that would look like today in the mm -hmm. next hour if I was to do it. Um, if I was just to be a bit more kind, like what if I was loving and kind to myself as I would be with the person I love dearest in my life? Mm -hmm. uh, for example, my children um, or um, a best friend or a parent or whoever. Um, and you just apply that and you just... Um, get curious about what that would look like and you just kept letting that work on you mm -hmm. um, because it the outside game will never bring it in and of itself and we know this because we it's why we're surprised when we see people who seem to have it all um, uh, and then they commit suicide um, you, you can chase it to the end of the earth to, to try to get it externally it doesn't come um, and in fact, the higher you go, the more sort of criticism you'll get as well. So it, you know, it's it just, it forces that work more on you. Why not just get it now is uh, one, you don't need anything to do to be loved. You are loved. Um, and, um, and so just go gently into it. Mm -hmm. Let it work on you and just get curious about what that could be for you. Um, gently, don't need to believe it now because I think we get hung up on, you know, well, now I don't even know how to love myself. It's like just another way we beat ourselves up. It's like, <laughs> you know what? I think I'm curious about this thing and I'm exploring it. Mm -hmm. What would it be, you know, if I was really kind to myself today? If I thought really highly of myself, how would I talk to myself? What encouraging voice would I, what would I love someone to say about me? Can mm -hmm. I say that to myself? Um, and we just rehearse that every yes. day, just a little bit. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And well, then what happens is <laughs> when we feel good, we don't need to get it from anybody else. We start to be good out there with other people and mm -hmm. then it gets mirrored back and we think, oh, there it is. And then the circle closed and it repeats itself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Within this topic, with this outside and inside world, we sometimes give rules to ourselves. When we describe ourselves, who am I? I am an engineer, I'm a traveler, I am a public speaker, and give ourselves these roles. And I really like that you sometimes talk about looking behind the role, looking behind who is that person that you are working with. Because you work with quite important people in your everyday life. And you need to look who they are behind those roles. So when is that limit where we should define ourselves with our roles? And when is it that we should stop and start looking behind? Yeah, yeah. Um, where do, I want to grab onto this. Um, one is I think there's a really exciting place for me uh, where I work with clients when we start to have the conversation, you know, 
coach senior level leaders on reaching their next level looks like a million and one things, sometimes very tangible, certain promotions, you know, things that can be achieved in the material world. But there's something really exciting when we start to come to the one behind it, watching the thoughts that, that much like you said, I am an engineer, I am a speaker is, um, you know, part of me uh, does work in engineering. Um, part of me can play this role as speaker. Who I am is sort of universal um, and I can be anything. Um, and so can I come to know myself that way so that I have freedom to move? Otherwise I get trapped in a role. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I am an engineer and if that doesn't work out for me, then I don't know who I am. What if you're the one watching all of your thoughts and identities sort of masks, as you said, those three masks, you're mm -hmm. the one behind it, which is what I think, you know, the purpose of um, uh, meditation is to come to know that you're the watcher of your thoughts. You're not the thinker of them. They're actually, many of them are universal and have nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. So the idea, the sort of inner critic voice is when you, when we sit back and we watch it, it's like, gosh, that's so mean and interesting. And I don't even believe half of that stuff. So who, who's saying that? Like where did, it often came from certain people in our lives mm -hmm. or society, yes. but in some of it, it's universal because almost all of us have the same kind of voice. Like you're stupid, you're ugly, you're, you know, and it's like, you, you kind of sit back and you, it, it, the more you listen to you, I think that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Have you ever heard the two sentences, I'm not good enough and I'm too much in the same sentence? And it just hit me a few months ago that how controversial those two sentences are. How can be not good enough and too much at the very same time? It just yeah. doesn't exist. But I keep repeating it to myself and I'm like, wait a minute. What are yeah. I doing? Yes, and the, the, that voice will get you on either side. You know, you, you don't step out of your comfort zone, you know, enough. And then when you do, well, who the hell do you think you are? So it's like, yeah, at some point I remember thinking, God, when do I get to win? Like I never win here, no matter what I do. And it's all internal. One is to know if that any of that resonates uh, as you're listening to this is uh, you're in great company. It's called the human race. And so in that way, it's not personal. None of this is personal to any of us. And when we can sit back, we can go, okay, my particular voice says these things based on my family or my upbringing or whatever, but I don't have to behave or do anything with those voices. You don't need to solve them. You're probably not going to get rid of it. Mine kind of sits over here. Like somehow, you know, you're not really, really good at what you do. And you, someone who was better would do this. And I just go, yeah, I hear you. Um, but I, now it's kind of like bad background music. It mm -hmm. doesn't actually, it's like, I hear it. I notice it, but I don't let it, it doesn't actually stop me from actually connecting with you because mm -hmm. otherwise I connect here and I can't actually be with you here. I'm actually connecting with history and, and a mind made story as opposed mm -hmm. to actually being present with you. Mm. How long did it take for you and what actions did you take to be able to step from the previous stage, from the past, to being present? Uh, uh, one, I'm not sure I can get there all the time. So mm -hmm. I think we're all works in progress. I, um, I think in my 20s, I started to become aware, like, you know, you, uh, you just described where it's like, you know, this voice and this voice, it's like, I can't win here. What is mm -hmm. this? 
And so I studied, started studying like Tony Robbins at the time and I devoured his stuff. And then I studied psychology in university because I wanted to figure myself out. And then I traveled and so who am I now? And then I, I mean, it's a million and one things. Reading is exceptional. I mean, I highly recommend the work of uh, Eckhart Tolle. Uh, uh, Michael Singer has some of the best work on this topic. Um, his book, uh, The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul, probably some of the best work that you can possibly read. He also has an online course. Um, it's not expensive. I think it's two or three hundred dollars. Um, you know, not expensive for what you could invest in this kind of development. And some of, the, and it's a very short, elegant course. I'm not tied to him financially, so I'm not sort of trying to sell anybody. I just think it's some of the best work that it possibly mm -hmm. on this planet. So if you're no, if, if the, any of this is ringing true to you, keep on your journey, learn, read from spiritual masters, who, whoever is masterful in this for you, because that will be the way that it connects with you. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all in this journey of learning about ourselves and trying to become ourselves. And we're all on that journey. That's very true. It's because we're all on it together but it just unfolds very differently yeah thank you for the suggestions for different courses and books i think a few of us will definitely check it out and getting back to the rule question when i was first looking into you and what you have done i really enjoyed your tedx speech and i can recommend it to anyone to listen to it where you were really talking about looking behind that role of the person without even knowing who they are and then you had another story about personal roles when you have changed your linkedin profile description from your one role to another so these two stories are so powerful can you tell us a bit more about these two and how they changed your life yeah so just for your listeners my uh, my tedx you know i grew up in a barbershop and uh, well, grew up, I didn't grow up in a barbershop. <laughs> my first job was working for my mother uh, in her barbershop and I put myself through school doing that. And so I just, uh, my TEDx was just to talk about everything I learned about leadership by doing that because we were in a high end part of uh, a town in West Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. All the men who came into the barbershop, and it was men because it was a barbershop, uh, were, you know, uh, sort of company presidents, Supreme Court judges, very, very high level. And I was 17 at the time. And so I, you know, just sort of engaged with them without really even knowing who they were. And so I came to know these very powerful men as human beings first. And I think that uh, served me in the work I do now because I just see the human being behind the powerful title because I, I sort of learned that from the barbershop as, you know, I would interact with someone, joke with them, you know, uh, so make fun of them because they were losing their hair or something. <laughs> I doubt he was the Supreme Court judge. And I was like, oh my goodness, like Al, like you're kind of a big deal. And, uh, and he'd just laugh and he's like, I love that you, you know, you just treated me as a human being. Mm -hmm. The more powerful we become in any kind of fashion, people stop seeing us as human and stop actually interacting with, like we just become a means to their end or for mm -hmm. them to get something. And so, you know, as we interact in the world, how do we create great connections? We see other people as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and we check in with them. How are you, you know, how's things going for you? Um, um, and, um, so there, so, so that's the piece on, um, you know, I just started to really like it, people are first and foremost people, what, mm -hmm. regardless of what they achieved, um, with the, you know, my LinkedIn profile, um, 
I think it is human beings will always behave in a manner consistent with their identity. So if I want to change um, my own uh, sort of results or, you know, um, achievements, I need to think at a different level. It's not, not just that, that we, we accomplish more things, it's who we have to become in the process and we actually have to change who we believe we are in order to match those outcomes. Um, uh, similar, if I want to coach other people for performance, I'm always coaching my clients on what's their identity? How are mm -hmm. they thinking of themselves? And in order to reach their next level, they must begin to think of themselves at the next level. Then behavior naturally follows, mm -hmm. right? Am I, uh, you know, am I a star performer or am, or am I a mentor of others? I behave mm -hmm. very differently in those. So I think it is, uh, you know, and, and it's certainly uh, been, again, my own journey, and I think it's universal, is ideally we keep expanding our self-identity. Um, you know, when I, uh, I come from a blue collar family, um, I was the first member of my family to go to university. And, um, and then when I got my master's degree, my identity changed. Mm -hmm. Not only did I learn things and have a great network, but all of a sudden I, I was like, wow, I, you know, even getting accepted was like, wow, am I going to be in a group with some of the most highly educated people on the planet? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I thought of myself differently and therefore I started to behave differently. I was like, I'm someone who is going after their master's. You know, and so like just a sort of inner quiet pride and competence that mm -hmm. I felt. Um, and I think we, uh, we do, we, we, can, we can intentionally change our identity and events will change our identity. But I think it's very useful for us to get really clear on who do I believe I am? Mm -hmm. um, and then continue to work because that's our own personal vision. And then uh, to, to work on, um, uh, you know, what would it take for me to, you know, if I believe that, like, what would it take for me to believe that about myself? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what kind of knowledge and the skills do I need or experience do I need? But when we see ourselves, there's our, our own draw toward our own highest life. So let me stop there because that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> yes, the reason why I asked these questions and I found this so important to share it with everyone is because, please correct me if I say it wrong or something else or you, you have a different third. But I think for our strongest year, we might need to put a goal for ourselves. Who do I want to become? What is the role? What do I want to do for people? But that's our inner work. And we should start seeing people for people. We should start, stop comparing ourselves to them because they might have achieved something else. They might have achieved more and I want that too. Stop comparing, we are on our own journey but have a goal of who I want to be and see the other person for just being a person. Yes. Oh, it's beautifully said. You've captured it <laughs> perfectly. Yes. Thank you very much. Okay. So, and, and you're, I want to put a pin one, one piece that you've said is um, that we, we can't compare, like we're all, we're, we're not running the same race. Um, what, you know, we all have various levels of wealth. You know, and to really get clear on what is your wealth now, health, family, friends, uh, physical health, uh, maybe you have a little bit of money in the bank, maybe you have some opportunities, maybe you're young, your whole career's in it. We all have various levels of wealth. It's not just financial. Exactly. And so really, you know, what are you, you know, someone you admire might have something that you are envious and really want for yourself. That's wonderful. It's telling you a piece of yourself. 
and they won't have all the wealth that you have. They have just different. Maybe they have a lot of money in the bank or lots of followers or something, but they don't have the health or the personal connections. Mm -hmm. So I think if we just focus on the own, our own abundance as we do this, and then absolutely set a goal. What do I want to accomplish this year? Um, and who do I want to become mm -hmm. while I do that? Yes, exactly. And most of us are so afraid to take the first step. Most of us are so afraid and hold back by this fear. We are not daring to even try because it's getting out of our comfort zone. So what was your greatest struggle and how did you overcome it? And do you have those fears and how do you deal with them? Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm afraid all the time. And I think I've learned how to live in fear, really. Uh, I'm afraid of almost everything I do. And I think it's really useful to, uh, um, all I can share is from my experience and the work that I've done. I don't think anyone gets over any level of fear. I mean, mm -hmm. I just you might as well make friends with it or get comfortable in the discomfort of it. Uh, you know, when I did my TED talks, um, I was deathly afraid. I mean, I, they called my name, I'm walking on stage and my thought was no one can save me now. <laughs> <laughs> I was so afraid. Um, and I think it's because we care. So we might see it as integrity and caring. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, uh, I'm afraid every single time I challenge, you know, a C-suite leader who's running a multi-billion dollar company. And it's like, who am I to challenge him? And then I quickly bring in, who am I not? Mm -hmm. I care about that person and their greatest success. And so I just practice and rehearse. I, I came here to live out loud. So I'm just going to do that and see where the chips fall if I do that. Um, so, yeah. So what challenge would you give to our listeners to get outside their comfort zone? Well, I think they're, they're, the uh, usually timeless principles on this are the best. You know, the, I don't even know who said it. Do one thing every day that scares you. It's like, that's probably, you know, so, so much of what you and I are talking about is, I mean, this was said like 15th century by most of the, you know, the great philosophers and poets. There's nothing new here. What is important is that we each, you know, to live a good life. It's just basic fundamental things. Find something that scares you every day and do it because then you start to expand your own ability to be with that, your own fear mm -hmm. and your own. It might be to email someone. It might be to ask someone out. It might be to, and to, and then they reject you. And, and then for you to have the feeling of, I went for something I wanted. I, you know, I got an unfavorable outcome. They rejected me, but I'm still okay. And I'm proud that I went for it that success, not success isn't that everything worked out for you because I don't know. One, it's not going to, it's not going to get good with all kinds of failures and rejections. Um, uh, uh, and, and then you start to realize, well, I'm okay. I, I survived. Like somehow the whole world, <laughs> and I didn't crumble. I'm still okay. That hurt. It's always hurt. When I fail in any capacity, me and the pain, I mean, I'm so ashamed, embarrassed. I, you know, it's like, but I don't, you know, I, you know, I, I've learned and, and this came from, I had the good fortune to uh, ask uh, uh, Richard Branson a question and, and attend an event with him. And I asked him, or he said something in conversation and it changed everything for me. He what said, that? <laughs> he said, I've never been afraid to fail publicly. And I think I actually overheard it. 
it was at dinner and he was talking to someone else. And I, 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 I literally went, what? I mean, I've driven my whole life about not failing publicly and I'm not even public. Like, no, <laughs> my friends and family are the only people that know me. And I thought a man of this caliber mm-hmm. is not afraid to fail publicly. That's good enough for him. I'm going to have that be my own thing. It's like, because one, if I fail, no one even know. I mean, no one knows who I am. So it's not even public. And so I thought, well, maybe there's no such, and I've heard the same thing as I've studied people I admire. They just don't have a definition for failure. I try things, I get results. Some of them work, some of them don't, but none of it can touch me and none of it will shut me down. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference is what if it didn't have to shut you down? You asked that person out, they said no. You asked for that piece of business, the promotion, they said no. Well, you got what you got now. You learned something too. And you also went outside your comfort zone. And so you, you, you've hung on to yourself mm-hmm. in the face of something scary. So you've become more you cannot lose so do one thing every day that scares you timeless advice from i don't know who not me but it's good yeah it is definitely good it's a bit scary but it's good and as you said before maybe it was in our previous chat but even this one that these experiences become a part of you and when we come back to it when we revisit it over and over again maybe sometime later along the years you will realize oh i actually have been in this situation i don't need to be afraid anymore because i have overlived it and then our comfort zone just grows and grows to be bigger because of these small tries and small tweaks that we have tried here and we have tried there and that became a part of us so maybe after hearing 100 failures or hovering 100 no's 101 when they say yes you will be super grateful and you will be like oh my god i truly have achieved it and you will be so happy but if that 101 is still a no it wouldn't be that big of a thing yes because you're you know i've had lots i mean there's every i think it's why we read biographies like um howard Mm -hmm. schultz um who uh sort of uh, grew starbucks from five stores i Mm -hmm. think it was um, to the company it is now, um, said in his first, his first book is pour your heart into it. And he said, you know, in the course of one year, he uh, spoke to and presented to 245 investors of this vision and what he believed in this third place in the world he wanted to create in America, like Europe had, um, of, of coffee houses. And he said, you know, 217 of them said, no, some of them laughed in his face, didn't return his phone calls. He said it was so, uh, you know, defeating, but he said, I had to be a chameleon. I had to go into the next presentation mm-hmm. and sell it all over again. So everyone that we admire has just failed more times than we've been willing to. Persistence, I think, is the number one predictor of success. So you, do you want it bad enough? Go for it. I mean, what, you're not going to lose yourself. You don't know that yet, but that's okay. I mean, part of my own mantra to myself is, um, you know, I've often done things and I've been, you know, flying to a keynote um, and I have asked, I don't even know if I can pull this off. And then my voice to myself is, well, I guess you're about to find out what you're made of. And I have learned, what am I made of? I'm, uh, I'm finding out and I'm, and it's like, okay, I, I've learned a, a ton. Um, and in much as you describe, absolutely, we look back and we think, wow, things that used to scare me you know, two years ago are literally not even a blip on my screen. I don't even prepare for them because I have been preparing for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. It is not a big deal in my world, but it used to be. 
And that's when I think we can see our own progress. And that's exciting to go, oh my goodness, that used to be a really big deal for me. It's simply not because I have become a greater version of myself. Um, my ability to handle complexity or setbacks, or they don't even consider it a setback. It's just new set of circumstances. Um, uh, and, and that's really fun when we can start to go, you know, I, I'm, I'm so proud of how I've grown. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of fear. But now I'm not afraid of those things. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, our world gets smaller and smaller and smaller because you, you try to protect yourself from fear. There's no way. Like the world <laughs> is going to give it to you every, so you may as well get good with it. Mm -hmm. and go, I'm really afraid of these things and move towards those things small bits every day and and then we each look back and we'll have that experience of not an issue anymore yes exactly and i have an interesting question to you what was your greatest lesson that you have learned throughout your coaching experiences maybe it was with some client what was your greatest lesson a lesson for me or yeah i think so yeah um, gosh, it's a really good question. I think it is how much every single one of us wants to be seen and heard and uh, validated. Because mm -hmm. working, um, I was working for a nonprofit um, uh, who, uh, uh, and they had country leaders all over the world. Um, and um, um, he said, you know, I just, uh, the problem we're trying to solve in the world is so big and so massive and um, so destructive. And I just wanted to talk with you because here I am at 11 p.m. sitting at my computer, still working, and I wanted a witness. And I think we all want a witness because mm -hmm. if you're leading in any capacity or trying to do good in the world, um, it's enormously challenging and we we always and we're and we're always just one human being mm -hmm. you know we do nothing significant alone and so it feels daunting and overwhelming um uh, lonely it's very lonely at the top in any fashion if you're an entrepreneur or whether you're leading a billion dollar company it feels lonely um and so um i i think it is useful to recognize um that we all feel that way mm -hmm. uh, um, and we all really want a witness. And so how your listeners can use this is be that witness for other people. Yes. Every, everyone that you meet is how can you acknowledge who they are, what they are doing or check in with them? How are you? How's life for you? I know you've achieved enormous success and what are you most focused on right now? Um, it's a way, way that we, I think the way that we connect yeah, yes. but just our humanity, our collective humanity. Exactly, definitely true. I was just so focused on what you were saying, and I forgot the question that I had next time. <laughs> so, we were talking about changing the world quite a lot, and your personal mission is to help the leaders to change the world because you think they are the biggest change makers, they are the ones can actually make it happen. So what would you tell to all those people who are starting an entrepreneurship, who are struggling at the moment with 2020 and the COVID situation? 
what should they do? What could they focus on in 21 to make that to be their best year, their strongest year? And what are we missing? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's it's going to sound repetitive, but I think the most important thing that anyone can do is to foster uh, a rich internal world. One that is inherently exciting and rewarding for you. You know, what do you, um, you know, who do you want to become and what do you want to do in the world? Like, and then to do it every day so that nothing has to be a means to an end. Like uh, everything can be an end in itself, but it all comes from the inner. And then things start to align in ways that you couldn't even conceive of. And you don't have to orchestrate the big things occurring. Um, they will occur by nature of what happens on the inside. So all, I mean, all leadership development is self-development. It's all personal work. The greatest thing you can do is really love yourself and champion yourself daily, uh, you know, uh, and, and to, to just to live it um, uh, today. That's all you need to do. Then who you are being in the world, you know, it's like, you know, we want to have world peace. Uh, Mother Teresa say, well, that's wonderful. Just go home and create peace in your home. So first peace within yourself. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you will create what is ever playing in within you out there. If I'm not okay in, in here, I will need to sacrifice you in our conversation to try to claw and get it. And I will drive this whole conversation for my own ego needs. And we're all doing that in various ways. So peace inside. Peace inside. Then you can be peaceful with your friends and your family. Or, you know, pick, maybe peace isn't the word, but pick whatever it is. But start inside. It's the most important work any of us can ever do. And it will lead to everything else you ever can conceive of as well. Mm -hmm. if, if any of this makes any sense to you, check out the work of Michael Singer, see if it offers you anything. Um, it's probably some of the best uh, starting place that I'll mm -hmm. have to begin with. So if I can make a conclusion on what is the true and one ingredient of the strongest year is to really getting to know ourselves, knowing what we want, what is our inner world, and what do we see is needed in the world and created for ourselves. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Who do you want to be and what's your own personal dent in the universe, right? Uh, mine has always been to work with the most senior level leader possible to gain the reputation and skills to do that simply because they're the levers in the system. They impact so many people, so many critical decisions. I never wanted to be one of those leaders. Mm -hmm. That's right. I've decided I, I want to work and support those people. Maybe your, your goal is to be one of those. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Um, just know who you are. So I don't want to do that. I just want to be the, uh, the person that sort of coaches and champions that person. Um, uh, maybe you want to be an exceptional parent. Great. You're going to leave a legacy of incredible one child in the world is an incredible legacy. Maybe, you know, it doesn't need to, I mean, I think um, uh, I read uh, Mrs. Uh, Fields of Mrs. Fields Cookies said, um, people uh -huh. like to eat cookies and I like to bake them. That yes. was my business plan. You know, so it doesn't need to be your life-changing thing. If it changes one life around you for the better, fantastic. 
where I think we make the mistake is we set such a goal that we think we should do be become or something. And then we kind of are mean and nasty to ourselves and everyone as we try to get there. Mm -hmm. Well, then we've just missed the entire point. It should be lived here, right? Live it here. Then it will all start to line up. And then if we achieve that or we don't achieve it, it doesn't matter because you were living it every day of your life anyways, Mm -hmm. because it's the only thing you came here to do. Yes, exactly. And this was a really good leading up to our final questions, if you are ready for them. I think you have kind of answered the very first one, but I would like your own definition of it, what it means for you. So what is your definition of success? Hmm. You know, I think it's one of the hardest questions to answer um, because there's so much noise of the world. There's uh, so many ways I could take this. I think it is to enjoy my life and to make it so that others can enjoy theirs. If I had to simplify it. Um, And that sounds really simple and maybe trite, um, but it's some, to to live that is really challenging. Mm -hmm. To uh, just be able to enjoy life because there's so much competing noises and voices um, in that uh, stresses. Um, but I mean, if I think if we're not, I said this to my children this morning. If we're not having fun, then I think we're doing something wrong. Like, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we enjoy our life? Isn't it a beautiful life? Isn't it incredible to have the opportunity to be alive? Yes, exactly. That that is the rule of life to enjoy it and if we are not enjoying it then let's change it today so that we enjoy it and make it so that others can enjoy theirs yes the right to enjoy life however that looks like for them yes exactly my second question to you is a bit of a, a visionary work so imagine that this podcast is listened to every single person in the world and you have one minute to deliver one message, the most important message of yours that you think everybody should hear and listen to. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. I like that. So what would that be? Uh, um, uh, if I had one message, it would be the same message that we have been talking about. The most important thing you will ever do is to learn to foster a rich internal world to speak kindly to yourself to love yourself there's a wonderful short book called love yourself like your life depended on it because it does Mm -hmm. and you don't need to read the book it's you know what that means and your main primary work is to do that when you do that you will be a good person for other people because hurting people hurt other people people who are loving and kind and who fill themselves up uh, can be loving and kind and graceful to others, mm-hmm. lead people well, can have grace and uh, empathy for other people. Um, they understand, they, they, they behave with the golden rule, um, but it all starts with what you do inside of yourself, you will do with others to so start inside. And yes. it's hard work, but it's yes. worth, <laughs> worth it. It definitely is worth yeah. it. Yeah. So my very, very final question to you, do you have any questions to me? Oh, what? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you know how truly beautiful and exceptional you are? I'm trying to believe it, yes. 
Good, good. Because I find you to be just an extraordinary, kind, warm, approachable, smart, intelligent, uh, gracious human being. I mean, I'm so excited to connect with you to now call you my friend. I'm excited by the work that you are doing in the world now and your future is limitless. With your uh, warmth, I just want you to keep going. There isn't anything you can't do. And I know that from the short amount of time you and I have spent together, by how you have uh, interacted with me, how what you have accomplished today, what you have created clarity for yourself, your own ability to make changes for yourself in the near future that are scary, but you're going for it. So you and I are now good friends. Um, I just am rooting for you. I want you to know how exceptional I think you are. And if I can be helpful to you anyway, uh, you know where to find me. Thank you so much. Uh, it, it means so much to me. So thank you very much. And I'm so grateful that we did connect and now I can call you my friend. Absolutely. And I'll have <laughs> to uh, thank our mutual friend for connecting us. Yes. Yes. Huge gratitude to going towards her as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you um, so much for accepting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you and I will stay in touch. Yes, definitely. I would like to thank Susan for our talk today. If you would like to learn more about her incredible work and read some of her informative and motivating blog posts, go to her website, susanbiro.com. So, susanbiro.com. I also suggest you watch Susan's TED talk that we mentioned before, where she shares some interesting insights of her life and how she has learned from all her experiences. You can find all these links in the podcast description. If you found this episode motivating, make sure that you share it with a friend and text it to him or her right now, because it would be truly inspirational for them, you think. The best way to live a happy and fulfilled life is to serve others. So share this episode with people you care about. It has no cost, but will elevate them and make their lives even better. If this is your first time here, click that love or subscribe button and make sure that you leave a rating and a review. I would love to hear your thoughts and feedback on how this message lifted you up and brought a change into your life. I'm so grateful for you and for your support. I'm sending you love and great health. And now it is time for you to live on the ball.